Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. presence of the Lord this morning, yes? We're in a safe place, and this morning, I'm going to do a couple things. I'm loaded with stories. How many like stories? Okay. And I'm also comprehending some incredible truths from God's Word, and I want to share those with you. By the way, I mentioned to a couple individuals this morning, I'm good, I'm healthy, I'm fine. I'll tell you what happened this past Friday, we had to do a presentation, uh, group presentation, and on the table was 200 points. That's a group grade, and I wasn't about to let that escape the group or our grade for the classes that we were in. And so they appointed and designated that I would be the closeout of our presentation and uh, our whole presentation was on Braveheart. How many have seen the movie or know something about it? So we weren't going to lose any points. We dressed accordingly. And we painted ourselves. And we freaked everybody out. My face, I, I think they took some pictures. And uh, we just blew it out of the water. And you're wondering, what about the points? We collected every one of them. Didn't leave any points on the table. God doesn't want you to leave any points on the table. God expects for you to capture every moment of every day and to live at a higher level this week than you did last week. So I want to share with you just a brief story and then we're going to get into God's word on how we as individuals can avoid traps. This is going to be a series because when Dr. Nichols stood before us this past week, when she came up before uh, cohort C, that was all of us that were there. <clears throat> I'm sitting there looking at her and I'm going, okay, this is going to be interesting because she was an incredible lecturer, a phenomenal speaker, deep in God's word, profound in leadership. And she began to share the story I'm only going to give you one as we dive into, I'm going to give you four traps to be aware of in your life. And so she began to share, and I'm watching her, and I'm thinking, my goodness, what an incredible story. Coming through the ranks of education all the way to superintendent of Polk County. How many know that Polk County is one of the largest counties in the state of Florida? It is huge. And she was the superintendent of schools. So now she's really got my ear. And I'm paying close attention, and she says, I want to share with you 13 traps that strong, mentally equipped people avoid. Now she really has my attention. Because of having coached in athletics and specifically basketball, I know about the trap game. But I'm also learning about traps in this world. I'm going to only give you the first four um, that God has uh, reassured that I need to bring to this house. Here's the rest of her story. 
Godly woman, spirit-filled, believes in God's word, cover to cover, believes in miracles, signs, miracles, wonders to perform. And about a year and a half ago, her husband went home to be with the Lord, had grown extremely sick. And of course, many had prayed and spoke into his life and anointed him and spoke God's word. And God still elevated him. Took him all the way home. Just like he did for Annette Haven. And we had that celebration service yesterday out at Cedar Key. And I was able to share with all of the families out at Cedar Key yesterday. Though we're standing here in the cemetery, Annette is not here. Because the Bible says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. So now Dr. Nichols really has my attention because now I really want to pay close attention because she's been through something that many of us have not yet experienced or perhaps you're here this morning and you have experienced the loss of a loved one. And so I'm all in. I want to know how in the world have you been able to do what you have done, keep everything going in your family, to be at this level of education and to lead from the front and not miss a beat. So as she gets ready now to share with us 13, by the way, I'm only going to give you four, so you know you're going to be out in good time. I hope that one of these four will resonate, where you'll really go, you know what, I'm walking out of here today so renewed, so transformed, and I'm going to make sure that my home, my family, my friends, my colleagues, they are safe from these type of traps. Let's go to the word of the Lord in prayer. Father, it's a good place to go, to your word. But before we come to your word, we need to come to you in prayer and ask for your guidance and ask for your leadership and to ask that your word would resonate within our hearts long after these moments around your word. Father, I thank you for Dr. Nichols and I thank you for her life. I thank you for the testimony. And Father, I thank you that she was able to impart into our hearts and lives as students the value and the validity of your word operating day by day. As we unpack these traps this morning, may we gain a whole new insight on how we are to live in you. In Jesus' name, God's people said, amen. You may follow along on the screen or you may take your Bible and I want to encourage you to bring your Bible, to put that Bible out in front. It will carry you when you feel as if you can't take another step. God's word is so, so important in our lives. And so as we get ready to set the stage for looking at these traps that we need to avoid, because how many know that we are mentally strong and spiritually fit? Yes? That's where you need to be today. All right? 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says, lest Satan should get an advantage. How many know that's his game plan? His game plan is to take advantage of you. And if you're not aware of that, he'll put people around you who will do his work. Good preaching, pastor. Oh, by the way, on Friday at the close of the day, Dr. Nichols came to the table where I was sitting with other colleagues and she knelt down in front of me and I thought, my goodness, it should be the other way around. And she said, I want you to know, Pastor, 
educator that God has you exactly where he wants you for such a time as this. I want to speak over your lives that you do not allow the enemy to take advantage of your life. The Bible says we are not ignorant of his devices. I am absolutely, I'll do my best not to be brave heart today. I am definitely concerned about Christians who are ignorant of his devices. Because he is wise as a serpent. I would like to give to you something to think about. The reason our nation is in the condition that she is in is because the church has been ignorant of the devices of our adversary. Amen. Good preaching, pastor. Preach on, my brother. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16 says, listen closely, for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So turn to somebody and say, we have the advantage. That's right. He cannot take advantage of you when you have the mind of Christ. So you have what you need. Are we operating in what he's given? Good preaching. This particular piece that you're hearing me say, I actually am incorporating from the life of Dr. Paul Walker, who was the senior pastor at Mount Perrin Church of God in Atlanta. There were times I would be able to go on a Sunday night into that auditorium of around five to 7,000 people. And there were times when it was very quiet. And Dr. Walker would be on the platform preaching and there wouldn't be much of a response. And so he would simply encourage himself in the Lord. How many know you have to do that? If you don't know how to encourage yourself in the Lord, I promise you your batting average is going to go down. Amen. I know you're waiting for me to say it. You say it for me. Good preaching, Pastor. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5 says, listen closely, walk in wisdom towards them that are without, redeeming the time. And in Ephesians 4.23 it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Here's the first thing that we want to avoid. Are you ready? Avoid Wasting time feeling sorry for yourself. Glory. Spirit of the Lord is here. Hmm. Hmm. Two weeks ago when I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning to drive to Lakeland, this particular mindset tried to entrap me. Why are you doing this? Haven't you gone far enough? I know the Spirit of the Lord is here. Why are you continuing to go forward? Why are you pursuing more education? You could actually be close to the finish line. And so I get into Lakeland and the week begins to go as it normally would go, quick. And I'm able to pick up an article about Steve Spurrier. Because see, I like to make God's word relevant. How many know that he's 70 years of age? I'm not that old. Steve Spurrier is 70. Coach K at Duke is 72. Now, listen closely. I cannot tell you what that did to me in the library when I read those articles about Coach K and Steve Spurrier. And he made it very clear that at South Carolina, he is not done coaching. So if you're a Gator fan, get ready. And anyone else in the SEC, get ready. How many know that Steve Spurrier is a PK? He's a preacher's kid. He's 70 years of age and he's not looking for the sidelines. He's not feeling sorry for himself. 
I want you to divorce yourself from that mindset. That's the first trap. The trap of, oh, woe is me. Everything goes against me. Nothing seems to break even for me. It always seems to go opposite of what I want. How many know that it's time to stop feeling sorry for yourself? Because when you feel sorry for yourself, guess who you attract? Sorry people who are feeling sorry for themselves. Come on, church. That'll be a real good place for you to give God praise. Amen. Let me explain it to you this way. We have 30 minutes to get this presentation done. My leader of the group comes to me as I'm standing outdoors on Friday waiting for my big entrance, and they said, we're behind. We're losing time. You're going to have to cut it short. How many know that your self-life always embraces that sorry mindset? The first thing that, this is great preaching, Pastor. The first thing that came to me was, how dare they use up all the time? Now I'm limited to this. And that's when I said, there's another gear inside of me. I'm going to that gear, and I'm going to rip the roof off of this place. And ladies and gentlemen, there wasn't a dry eye, and there wasn't a person remaining seated when I finished, even though I had limited time. I want to encourage you this morning. Hear the word of the Lord. If you're feeling sorry for yourself, the enemy has you exactly where he wants you. I'm asking you this morning, in Jesus' name, put away the first trap. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. And God's people said, amen. Amen. I'm with you, and you're with me. One other verse before we move on to the second one. Ephesians chapter 5, and verse 15 and 16, it says this. So walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now you're thinking, how does that lock into feeling sorry for yourself? Have you ever woke up and said, wow, I just spent 10 minutes crying over that? Not literally crying, but on the inside, acting like a baby when I ought to pick it up, jack it up, and go. I'm inviting you this morning to redeem the time. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Well, I've been single for 20 years now. Or I I went through a bad divorce and no one's ever going to want me. The best is yet to come. Your future is in front, not behind. Glory. Amen. Dale Carnegie put it this way. Feeling sorry for yourself and your present condition is not only a waste of energy, but it's the worst habit you could personally possibly have come on voice stay with me today come on voice you got to work with me today so i'm encouraging you that was for me to pick myself up to let me know i can do this i had the funeral director yesterday come to me because we were outdoors and we had no um uh, microphone he said are you going to be able to do this because i could barely get it together as in my voice responding properly i said one way or the other this is going to happen and you know what God showed up right beside the hole that was already dug and all that cedar key dirt. There it was. And there we stood. And there was the casket. And the Lord showed up. I want to encourage you this morning. Shut the casket lid on feeling sorry for yourself. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Good job, church. All right. Let's go to the second one. And I just thank God. I've already sent Dr. Nichols an email last night letting her know how much I appreciate the way she just 
burnt our tails all week. And the 13 traps to avoid. So I want to give to you the second trap this morning that we need to avoid. And it's going to be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13. And it says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and be strong. Listen closely. Mentally strong people not only do not feel sorry for themselves, they avoid giving away their power to opinions and actions of others. I've never been on Facebook until this week because I have to. It is a requirement of the classes that I'm taking. I have never seen, and I won't spend much time here, all the opinions that are out there that aren't based on facts. I didn't say all of them. Many of them are not based on facts and they are not based on faith and they're not based on God's word. They're just powerful, opinionated thoughts. You better get your heart back to God's word. You better get back to the word of God. I didn't say delete Facebook, but like Jensen Franklin said, it's time for us to get our face out of that book and get our face in the book. Come on, church. I want to encourage you this morning, stop giving away who you are to other people who's trying to influence you to go in a direction God's never called you to go. Good preaching, pastor. Good preaching, pastor. In our schools, we would call this peer pressure. Someone was talking this morning in our prayer time about young ladies who are still virgins. And they're in their 20s. And they are somewhat embarrassed because it's like they don't really feel they have a testimony. Because they've not done all the things everybody else has done. What greater testimony than to be able to say, I've kept myself. Come on, let's give somebody praise in this place. My son came up to me at the uh, restaurant in Ocala as we met coming back in from Lakeland on Friday. And I want you to listen closely to this. And it may not be the exact words that you said, but here's what you were talking about. He came up to me and he said, I never realized how important a dad is in the life of a young man. When you're here, I'm stronger. I'm inviting men to rise up to the occasion and be men. Not governed by the opinions of other people or the sway of the crowd, but you are anchored, as you sang this morning, to the rock, Christ Jesus. And God's people said, So young people who are getting ready, by by the way, a month from now we're all back in school. Tomorrow I get to go back to the office. No more trips down south. Go back in and work in the classrooms, getting it all set up. I want to encourage our young people, you put the pressure on the peers. You stay strong and positive in your faith. And don't be guided and misdirected by the opinions of other people. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1 says it this way. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Mm. Pastor, how does that lock in? Sure does. The opinions of other people will cost you your freedom in Christ. If you're going to be influenced by everybody that comes into your life, you are absolutely are going to come into the same bondage that they walk in. 
Oh, that's good preaching. Preach on, brother. Listen, church, I'm not trying to be smart or arrogant. When I was done on Friday, if I had 10, I had 20, come to me and they said, would you be willing to come and speak in our house? One individual even came to me and said, would you be willing to move to Washington, D.C. and become our coach? We need men who still have the fire. And I'm asking you this morning, do you really carry the fire of God? Are you a pretender? Are you willing to be like Daniel of old and go to the lion's den when they rat you out? Are you really like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when the opinions are this way? You're willing to say, no, it's going to be God's way? Really? Is that really the picture of the church today? It should be. If you're going to avoid the traps. Turn to somebody and say, avoid that trap. I'm going to give you a quote as we move to number three. How would your life be different if you stopped allowing other people to delude or poison your day with their words or opinions? Let today be the day. You stand strong in the truth and journey through your day with attachment to the validation of others. Yes and amen. So Dr. Nichols, as we were halfway home, stood before us on one of the days. We had devotions every day. I don't want to see your hands right now, but I'd love to do a research in Christian communities over this nation. I'd like for this to almost be my dissertation. How many Christians who call themselves Christians have family devotions every day? I bet you I'm down inside 30% in this nation where God's word is read and husbands and wives and children bow on their knees and they go before the Lord and they begin to pour out their hearts and they begin to pray and they pray for one another. What has happened to the church? And so Dr. Nichols is standing before us one of the days in devotions and I'm leaning forward because now the scholar has my attention. Not all scholars have my attention. Do they have yours? Not all pastors have my attention. Do they have yours? Ooh, the Spirit of the Lord is here. And she said, I just want to give you a script of what my devotional life looks like. Now I'm really leaning forward because she said devotions. I'm really leaning in. Not because she has a PhD, because she's grounded on the song that we all sang. I wonder how well the Lord looks at me and goes, you sing really good, but your life doesn't measure up to what you, what you sing. And she said, every day, I read God's word. I pull out Oswald Chambers' devotional. Now I'm about to come out of my seat. My utmost for his highest. And then she takes me a little bit deeper and everyone else. And she goes, then I pull streams in the desert. See, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of you have heard of streams in the desert? Great missionary, statesman from years ago. Streams in the desert. That's what God will create for you. God will create that for you. And then she said, I try to bring a little bit of extra Jesus calling. And now, now I'm on my knees inwardly. Inwardly. She's got me. And then she says, I close all of my devotional time. No wonder she can do what she does. She said, I read Joel Olstein's devotional, I declare. How many of you right now are willing to declare, I'm going to avoid these traps. 
I'm going to avoid the traps that the man of God has already put before me. I'm going to avoid these traps and I declare that I am not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. I declare that my children are not going to yield to the peer pressures. I declare. As we move on, let's go to number three. Turn to someone and say, stay out of the trap zone. Here's number three. I remember when God began to give Robin and I the vision of what he wanted to do here in this tri-county area. It looked like ridiculous. How many know that what God sees and what you see are not the same? How many know that God's plans are greater than your plans? I'm not sure if I'm going to quote this exactly right, but one person has said it this way. If you want to make God laugh, just tell him about your plans. Exactly. 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 If somebody would have told me in high school that I would be doing what I'm doing today, I would have said things that would cause you to run out those doors because I could not see that. I could not think that way. I did not believe that way. But today I declare. Number three. Let me just pause for a moment. Lord, I just ask that you will bless Dr. Sherry Nichols. I ask that everything that she needs and her children need, that you will supernaturally supply. And I thank you for this past week. And I thank you for all the work. And I thank you for the challenges that she placed before us. And I thank you for the demands that she has required of us. And I ask that you will bless her from heaven's storehouse. And God's people said, how many know that I just loaded up my own storehouse? By being willing to bless someone else who's not even here, who I may not see again until much later, but I just threw out a blessing and that blessing returns. Turn to somebody and say, bless somebody. Number three. These are going to go quickly. Avoid shying away from change. Welcome challenges. So, um, I'm going to let you in for just a moment. I rolled over this morning and I looked at my wife and she was beautiful. I didn't do anything. I just rolled over and looked at her. And I said, we've been married almost 100 years. (laughs) A long time. And I said, let's be willing to change whatever God wants us to change. And let us continue to change even how we date so that it's always fresh and it's new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. That's the book of Lamentations. I can always tell those who are in love and I can tell those who wish they were in love. I'm a great reader. It's one of the laws of John Maxwell. I don't just read material. I read people. I read them on the fly. So, it's going to get hot. (laughs) I got to get done. (laughs) I got to get done. (laughs) Listen, if we can't model it, who wants to come in here? I wouldn't. With what I know today, I wouldn't want to be around a pastor who was snooty, ugly, cynical, and treated his wife like trash. That's a wrong model. You do want to, I'm not going to take you over the edge because my water's a lot deeper. But I'm going to let you know that I'm in love with her. 
And I don't have anything on the, on the sly. And, and no, I wasn't down in Lakeland in those free moments before I drifted off to sleep checking out the internet to see if there's anything else out there because I was lonely. And I'm feeling sorry for myself. Mm, good preaching this morning, Pastor. Let's talk about this one real quick. Shying away from change and welcoming challenges. Matthew 18, 3 says, and he said, this is Jesus, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Boy, it's dangerous to be around adults who know they are. It's much more fun being around adults who are still childlike. Ooh, that was a good word right there. Wow. Whoa. In fact, I don't even want to be around adults who know they're adults. What they don't know is that they're done. They're done. Leadership says so. Research proves that once you have reached your lid, you're done. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to take the lid off. Come on, church. I'm trying to strengthen you. I'm trying to encourage you. I'm trying to get you ready for this week's battle so that you don't get caught in the traps. Acts chapter 6 and verse 14 says, For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. Doesn't that sound like traditional churches today? Oh, these guys have come in and they've turned it upside down. It's not like we've always had. Thank God. And it ought to be different next year here than it's been this year. Never, never moving away from the Word of God. Never. But always ready to be able to change and adjust and move. Turn to somebody and say, I'm a changer. Give me some. The other day I had some loose change, uh, a few bills, and I pulled it out, and my wife said, what's that? What's that? What's that right there? So here it is right there. Go get it. Oh, it's paper. But you don't know what might be in the paper. I'm inviting you. Put a smile on. Allow God to recalibrate the way you think and embrace change. One of the men that we studied this past week on leadership, Mahatma Gandhi, in India, when it was the blazing hot storm of all kind of tension and violence. But he believed, and Martin Luther King picked up on this, in our nation, that there was a way to get things done with a non-violent approach. I'm talking about shying away from change. Welcome the challenges. Listen to what he said. You must be the change you wish to see in the world. So we need to stop talking about what we want to see and start doing what we want to see. Be that person of change. George Bernard Shaw put it this way. Progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. Well, I want it my way. 
I've always had my way. Let me have my way. If you don't give me my way, it's the highway. Welcome. Change. Avoid the trap. To the last one. Are you ready? Some of you I want to applaud and all of you I commend. I applaud those who are either using phones or notebook, paper, and you're taking notes. Let me explain it to you this way. And I gave God a commitment before I left, and I'm going to be teaching on servant leadership in the future. I made a commitment to my father at 8.30 as the sun was going down over the lakes, and I knelt where Jesus was washing the feet of Peter, and I said, Whatever you do with me academically, it will never go to my head. But I want to share this with you as my family. If God has invited me to step it up and take it to another level, when I give you information, I hope you understand that only 10% of what we hear we can retain. That's why I want to encourage you to take notes. Because I can give you things that you won't have to pay for and now you can implement them into your life. Guys, got it? Here we go. The last one. Avoid becoming stagnant. Whew. Two verses as we come to a close. Luke chapter 14 and verse 18. Listen closely. But they, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I've bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. If you hear people making excuses... You're listening to people who are in stagnant water or stagnant times. If I gave God one, I gave him ten reasons why I didn't need to further my education. Certainly not at my age. A lot of times, and maybe there are some of you here this morning that have already taken your oars and put them back into the boat. I don't know what your issues are. But God's inviting you to grab those oars, put them back out into the water, and begin to row again. Begin to row like you've never rowed before, and begin to row in the power of the Holy Spirit. Get some of that right there. Matthew chapter 22, verse 5. I could almost turn this into a locker room. But they paid no attention and went their way, one to his own farm, another to his business. I want to make sure you calibrate this correctly. Pastor, how do you see people who are stagnant? One, they make excuses and they don't pay attention. Those are stagnant people. That's God's word. See, that's not my opinion. That's God's word. God's word says that when Dennis Weber makes excuses, you're looking at a stagnant person. When you're talking to me, and boy, did this happen a lot over the last two weeks. So I did my dad's rules, just go quietly. I would be talking to someone, and then they would just stop the conversation and get in with somebody else. And I just walked away and said, stagnant. When someone's talking with you, give them your undivided attention. Don't be flippant and go, I hope he gets out of the way so I can talk to her. You know that. This is down-home preaching this morning, isn't it? And that's why it's easier to go to social media than it is to go, I'm going to connect. 
So what are the two signs on stagnation? Making excuses and then never paying attention when God's speaking. You may be doing that right now. Hope he's done. This is really boring. All I can say to you then is get ready for the traps. Let me explain it to you this way. When I coached at the high school on the basketball court, I would tell kids, if I catch you bringing that basketball up the sideline, I'm bringing your tail out. Because if you know anything about basketball, there's a sideline. And if you bring that basketball up that sideline, you've just created another defensive player. And now they're going to shut you down. Keep the ball in the middle of the court. Everybody say balance. That is one of the key words that I heard this week, the past two weeks at Southeastern University, that God is looking for believers who are balanced in their faith. Amen? Quotes, and then we close. By the way, the one chapel speaker who's the provost, I'm going to invite him to come and to speak on a Sunday morning. He spoke on the church today. Many are all grace. And many are all truth. And if you're either way, you're in trouble. You've got to be balanced. Glory. Spirit of the Lord is here. Wisdom to accept change creates life. So if I refuse to change, I'm detonating life. I'm killing life. And I'm bringing on the cemetery wherever I am. If it's in the school, if it's in your marketplace, if it's in your home, don't rearrange anything. I mean, I can't get too personal, but I'm ready for change. Let's go, girl. You're looking at me like, Jesus, help him to stop. (laughs) Keep it exciting. Keep it alive. Keep hope. As we come to a close this morning. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.org. There you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church. If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.